Welcome to Be Bold Repeat, a podcast for female entrepreneurs who want a behind the scenes look at what it takes to build a business of your dreams using mindset and marketing strategies. Your journey as an entrepreneur can be whatever you want it to be. Be Bold Repeat is not about being perfect or even getting it right the first time. We seek to inspire you to take action, whether that's clean or messy. We know that you've got this and the world needs you to show up and share your gifts now more than ever. My name is Ashley Cruz and I am the founder of Embracing the Uncertain, a female coaching company dedicated to providing a safe and supportive space for your personal or professional journey. I'm Katie Burton, digital marketing strategist and owner of Simply Social. My passion is helping business owners and entrepreneurs tell their story online so they can free up time to work on growing their business. We are so happy to have you. Make sure you're following us at Be Bold Repeat on Instagram and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts to make sure you're getting the latest episodes. Welcome back to Be Bold Repeat. It is so amazing to be back on the podcast. We took a couple of weeks off um, with the holiday and just spending time with our families. And Katie and I are really good at resting because it makes us money. And that's what we were leaning into this last couple of weeks. So we're super excited to be back uh, today with you. And this is going to be probably one of the best episodes that Be Bold Repeat has ever had because we are talking about and to a woman who is just incredible. And she's going to be sharing a little bit of information with us about how to become or be rather an anti-racist entrepreneur. And really, she's going to be sharing her story with us. She's going to be sharing why it's important and how we can be using the same mindset strategies that we use in our business to apply to the anti-racism journey that we've all dedicated ourselves to. And you guys know where we stand on this. If you haven't heard where we stand on this, we have a whole episode all about it. I'll, we'll drop the link in the comments below or the, the show notes just so that you can go back and take a listen to it. But we have dedicated ourselves to this process and we think it's super important to bring women like Nima onto our platform to help us understand why this is important and how she coaches women through it. Because y'all, she's got some amazing offers and she's going to be talking about all of what she offers at the end of the podcast. So stick around for that. So let's get into our podcast episode and our amazing guest today. So Nima Mohammed is joining us today and she is a trilingual black Muslim woman born and raised in Cairo, Egypt. She has spent 10 plus years, 10 years, you guys, she is very very well-versed in all of this, and she has been leading and educating on racial justice. She has worked in pretty much every kind of environment and industry you could think of, anywhere from supporting solopreneurs to small nonprofits in their diversity, equity, and inclusion goals, and she has been training executive leaders and managers at new startups and multi-fucking million dollar companies. Like we're not talking about just small people. She is doing the big guys. She is the one that's leading this charge from the very top down. So this is a really important conversation. So listen up. Um, she's worked for companies like Apple. She has also worked for SurveyMonkey and that's just like the scrape in the surface there. Um, she has been doing this for a decade and she has spent her entire adult life in the front line of grassroots community activism, fighting black back against anti-black violence. And so we are so excited to introduce you to Nima. Nima, welcome Thank to the you. show. Hello. <laughs> so happy to be here. Thank you for the bio. I'm like, yes gonna have a great day now hearing that I'm like oh shit I have done something hell yeah you have oh my gosh Uh, so it's really cool because Nima and I met through another group and it was just an amazing way that we came to meet each other and I'm super excited to have her here so Nima tell us a little bit about you and like once you tell us about you tell us about how you got to this entrepreneur place happy to do that. So um, Ashley mentioned a little bit about like my background um, and something I've been trying to lean into a lot more is to talk about my ancestry and my upbringing, which I think it informs a lot of the ways that I do my work, right? Um, and about my perspective and what I bring um, both personally and professionally to this work. So um, I am the daughter of Somali refugees. 
Um, after the civil war in Somalia, my family moved from uh, Somalia to Cairo, Egypt, lived there for a couple decades. They lived there for a couple decades and then I was born. Um, I lived most of my uh, childhood years in Cairo, Egypt, and then was again displaced and moved from Cairo, Egypt to Portland, Oregon, <laughs> very white Portland, Oregon, where I now live, very cold and rainy, so still too cold and rainy for my African self, but it's another subject. Um, so that's who I am. Um, I think a lot of what brought me to doing this work, both studying this work um, and doing this work professionally for the last 10 years is absolutely informed by like my own experiences with racism and anti-black um, violence, uh, not only as a black woman, but also as a Somali refugee who lived and grew up in Egypt, who um, had to learn a completely new language and acclimate to a country at a time, by the way, that was not fucking easy at all. Can I cuss on this podcast? I forgot to ask <laughs> Always, always. We always cool. drop the F-bombs. It's totally fine. <laughs> okay. Great. Uh, good to know. Um, so yeah, it, I mean, it was a really fucking hard time growing up, you know, post 9-11, moving to a country where all of a sudden there's this thing you're watching on TV and all this hatred that's channeled to you. Um when you have no fucking idea what's going on because we didn't speak the language, completely new to this country, we're watching this awful thing happen on TV and the whole world mourn. Um, and then somehow we end up in the, in the center of it as a um, Muslim family, you know, at the time we were um, one of the very, very few um, Muslim immigrant black refugee um, family in our town where we grew up and so watching my own mom struggle with being a you know a black muslim woman wearing the headscarf navigating not speaking the language having to learn it work multiple jobs go to night school raise kids like do all of these things and experience systemic state sanctioned racism in every way that she every kind of um, place that she went, whether it was in the grocery store or whether it was trying to get us into schools or if it was trying to, you know, seek uh, government assistance, like housing and things like that. And so it's interesting now, full circle, being in the place where I both have a nine to five where I make six figures and a, a business where I'm making five figures daily. Like it's a huge, it's a huge mind fuck thinking about coming from the amount of poverty that I've come from and the place that I've come from as a literal <laughs> refugee, you know? Um, and so that's something in my story that I, don't, I think I don't own enough. I don't talk about enough because a lot of my work is with um, corporations and there's a lot of the code switching and sanitizing and watering down that we have to do. So I'm really happy to be on your podcast and be able to really lean into like, this is who the fuck I am and why I started doing this work um, is because of my personal experiences with Islamophobia, racism, anti-Black violence. Um, and so that, I think whether or not I wanted to at a young age, I had to be, from a very, very young age, I had to educate people um, around what it meant to be Muslim, what it meant to be a Black Muslim refugee, um, you know, from day one, whether it's like fasting during Ramadan or whatever it was, like there was always this curiosity around it. And I feel like I've always been in this role of an educator around this, um, around equity and racial justice, even at a very, very young age as a little baby, baby refugee. Um, and so <laughs> that evolved from, uh, you know, high school, doing a lot of volunteer work, joining like after school clubs and stuff where we did a lot of interfaith work. We went into different communities and talked to them about like, bridging the gaps and for folks to come to a place of tolerance and understanding about Muslims in under, you know, um, the time of 9-11 where there was an extreme amount of Islamophobia. So that's kind of where I started doing my educating around equity and inclusion um, at, okay, <laughs> at a very young age. Um, continued to do that, went to college at Lewis and Clark College in Portland, Oregon, a small liberal arts college where I was one of the 40 black students or whatever. Um, I ended up studying, you know, uh, my minors were in gender and race studies. So that's in academia also what I studied. Um, 
so started to do that. I worked um, while I was in college. I worked both for um, like what they called at the time the multicultural office, took full-time classes and worked for Apple for four years. So did all those things. And in any role that I've ever, ever been in, I think naturally living in Portland, Oregon, I've been in a place of educating, if that makes sense. So that's kind of how I came about, um, stumbled upon, not really stumbled upon, um, ended up in, in this path uh, just by the nature of who I am, my identity and, you know, what I have to navigate. Um, and luckily I'm fortunate enough to be able to do this work. Um, not fortunate enough, I shouldn't put it that way. I deserve to get paid to do what I do, just like a software engineer, software engineer deserves to get paid for whatever the fuck systems they do this bad analogy because I don't know nothing about what software <laughs> but whatever they do right in front of their computer, they get paid for that shit. And you know, um, the work that we do is also impactful and important and beneficial and requires an extreme amount of expertise to be able to teach it. So um, you've been living it for so yeah. long. And like that is really like I think this is like the thing that I feel like a lot of entrepreneurs miss is it's like, you don't have to come up with some brand new idea. It can actually be literally your story that you create an entire business that's very successful off or that's very successful. And it doesn't have to be something that's totally out of your wheelhouse, just literally using your experience and really making that be the foundation of your entrepreneur journey. So I'm celebrating you and fuck yes, you deserve to get massively paid for all of the work that you've been doing all of these years in this space. I mean, I, I can't imagine all of the work you've done just to like be able to- The unpaid work you've people. done. Yes, exactly. It's, it's yeah. incredible. Yeah. Absolutely. So yeah. So Nima, I'm so inspired by everything that you've said. It sounds like that you've, like Ashley said, you've always been doing this work, but when did you decide it was the right time to start the anti-racist academy and make it an official business and decide that you were going to get paid for this work that you were already doing your whole life? So that definitely started in college, I would say, um, is when I was like, you know what, I'm doing all of this work, community organizing, grassroots organizing, but I also need to be able to pay my fucking bills, <laughs> you know, being a kid that was on a scholarship trying to make ends meet. So I was like, I need to get paid for the sheer fact that I need to be able to pay my bills. So I started working full time. And that's really when I decided to do this work um, paid. Um, and then like, most of my experience, again, is working within companies leading equity inclusion departments. And so um, something I haven't mentioned, I don't think I mentioned in my bio, is like my big big part of my background is in uh, working with labor unions. Um, so right now I work with a labor union, have been working with one for four plus years, leading their equity inclusion programming and work and strategy. Um, and so, yeah, that's like my nine to five and I do that full time. That's my full time job. In addition to my business, I realized, I think about six or seven years ago was a big shift for me where my mentor, one of my mentors was like, look, you have to have some fucking boundaries for yourself. Um, and if you are someone who's constantly preaching, like your whole soapbox is on equity, specifically for women and people of color, like, especially around like employee rights and people getting paid what they deserve, then you also deserve that. So that's when I decided to, um, really make sure that my work formalize it and credential it as a paid paid work um, and in the last couple of years um, started to do a lot more consulting in addition to my nine to five um, and then of course in the last year that has blown the fuck up because of um, the murder of George Floyd and the frenzy from so many people and so many corporations around like um, them realizing and being put on the hot seat in terms of what is your company doing so um yeah. That, that's no, kind of, you're, yeah, go ahead. I was just going to say, so yeah, you're, I think something that you're saying that really, I think resonates probably with a lot of our listeners is that you're juggling both a full-time job and a, essentially a full-time business between all of the promotion you're doing, podcast episodes, interviewing Facebook lives, and then supporting your clients that are actually paying you. So Tell us a little bit about how you're juggling it and what you found to work for you as far as scheduling is concerned between the nine to five and this basically full-time business, like essentially working two full-time jobs. How does that work for you? Where do you struggle? Tell us like all of the things that everybody is probably like, I'm going to do the same thing or I have to do the same thing because I can't just like leave my nine to five right away. So tell us a little bit about that for you. 
Great question, Ashley. And super glad to know you and have your support and having a long-term plan to do my business full time. Um, so that's my number one advice for folks on here that if like your goal is to transition from your nine to five to having full-time business, like get support from a coach, someone who, you know, has expertise in this area that can really hold you and support you through that. Um, and I say that for several reasons, one of them being, I'm going to be hundred percent honest, like to answer your question, it's fucking hard. <laughs> it sucks. <laughs> right. And I think it requires number one, having, you know, if I, I think if I had kids or, you know, um, family, things like that, I think it would be much harder because I find myself working just around the clock and it's not sustainable. Um, I, so I, but I'm really grateful for, um, my friends and my partner who is incredibly supportive. Um, and the other thing I'll say, just to keep it real, is like my nine to five, though it's technically nine to five, I have thankfully a great deal of like flexibility with my schedule because it's a very, it's not hourly, it's salary job, it's project based. So I can't, the way I set up my work is like by projects, like what is my projects in my business or what are my projects in my um, day job, my nine to five. Um, and that's kind of how I try to manage it. I think number one thing is block times off. I'm super not good about this, um, especially when it comes to it's easier when the nine to five to be like, OK, I clocked out. My time is mine now. But it's harder to say that if you're working for yourself or if you um, are doing any any kind of business or freelance work, it's really hard to just be like to turn it off. And so I think building boundaries, whether it's, you know what, five o'clock, even if it's like one evening, like five o'clock on Fridays, I'm not going to text people back. Um, and I also have learned the hard way that boundaries are so much fucking harder to set in the middle of working with someone and the client, right? Because in the beginning, if you're like, hey, just by the way, here are the hours that I'm available. You feel free to message me, whatever, whenever you want, I will probably get to it during business hours or whatever, it, whatever your boundaries are setting that shit in the beginning, because once you start building a relationship with someone and you're setting the expectation, even if it's with an employer, not a client, like even if it's your full-time employer, if, if you set the expectation that you're free around the clock, you're going to be free around the clock. So telling them later on, oh, by the way, now my Fridays are blocked. It's going to be a much harder conversation to have. Totally. Um, so that's that a my golden tip golden yeah. right there. Mm -hmm. So hard lesson learned. Um, yeah. But in the beginning, when you're signing with someone or starting a new job or whatever, and you tell them, by the way, this is my time with my family and I just need that. Or even for me, it's like the work in the morning, you know, I need a couple hours in the morning where I'm drinking my cup of coffee and working out or whatever. Um, honoring that time for yourself because the burnout can be that. real. Yes. <laughs> setting the expectation. Yeah. And setting those expectations early on, I think is such a game changer. I learned that the hard way, same time in entrepreneurship especially when you're starting, you think that there's this need to prove yourself or this need to like make your clients so happy. But like you said, it's not sustainable, unfortunately. And then trying to have those conversations after the fact, they're like, no, but wait, you were available around the clock or you were there the whole time. So I think that is such great advice for, like you said, even if you're not an entrepreneur and you're nine to five, it's key too. So and good. so rolling into speaking of advice. So you have this wonderful Facebook group that you run. Can you um, tell us a little bit more? I know it's dedicated to helping female entrepreneurs build their diverse, equitable, and inclusive businesses. And you do this all through anti-racism education. And I feel like a lot of the mindset that we do as entrepreneurs working to like build and scale a business is also some of the same things we can do to become anti-racist. So can you tell us a little bit more about the Facebook group, how we can find it and how you see the correlation between building that mindset and becoming anti-racist as well? Absolutely. Thanks Katie for asking. Um, so it is called the anti-racist and inclusive entrepreneur. I'm sure we could drop the link or whatever in the show notes uh so get we'll go get, it, get your life um join, <laughs> join it <laughs> um, absolutely if you're an entrepreneur i mean i post regular what they end up i say they're gonna be short lives but they end up being full-on trainings <laughs> pretty regularly um in addition to a bunch of like just a bunch of free content so if you're interested zero cost opportunity for you to come and learn 
Um, and so that would be the first thing. Um, your other question was around mindset, right? Yeah, I think that we were talking about how sometimes we see the similarities between like building and scaling a business, keeping your mindset right, sticking to things, yep. kind of the similar process to being fully anti-racist. Absolutely. And I keep thinking about, I'm glad you mentioned this because I've been thinking about this this whole freaking week. Like anytime that I listen to like a podcast or see, see someone, a mentor, a coach, whatever, talk about um, give folks tips about building their business more often than not the tips they give them like oh shit this is like exactly what I'm saying to people about anti-racism right for example um one of the um classes group training programs that I'm a part of social media seductress both me and Ashley are a part of there was a clip in there that um was the 2020 planning video and Julia Wells the coach talks about like how whatever you're doing, whatever results you're getting right now, like that you're seeing right now in your business or in anti-racism, the way that you're responding, the struggles that you're having, whatever it is that you're results you're experiencing right now in this moment is a culmination of not what you're doing right now, but whatever you've been doing for the last three months. And this is like a thousand percent true for your business. <laughs> and I've, it's important for me to remember that, like, why are things feeling slow and whatever? And then the next week I get flooded I think the same thing is absolutely true. And it's an important thing to remember a mindset shift when it comes to being an anti-racist person is oftentimes someone will say, I'm reading all this book, these books this week, or I'm like taking these classes, I'm doing these things. I'm really committing this week to being an anti-racist person. Why am I still saying the wrong things? Like, why am I still struggling with X, Y, Z? Why do I still feel like I'm quote unquote, not an expert, whatever it is. And it's like, I think and another analogy might, that might help here <laughs> is what I do with like wellness and eating, like healthy eating habits and like working out. I think we all, we all do this, right? Where we're like, well, I'm eating really well this week. Like we feel frustrated. Like why is, are, are my results coming hard enough? Like, right. I'm using my Peloton this week. Like why do my legs not look like yeah. I like, ate oatmeal for breakfast this morning. Like why isn't it all just shedding away? This is ridiculous. Yeah. I yes. fully expect to have a six pack right now. What the fuck yes. is happening? Yes. Yeah. yes. And it's like, if anyone in here is listening, like we feel you, I feel you. I've been there like in pretty much every aspect of my life, whether it's working out, whether it's business, whether it's anti-racism, whether it's like improving a relationship with someone and you're like, whatever, like, and especially what we have to remember is with racism, especially like while your fitness is a culmination of your life, whatever, 20, 30, 40, however years old you are, anti-racism is a culmination of like hundreds of years, right? And it's an entire built up system. So if we tell you, hey, give it a couple of weeks, of like working out or give it a couple of weeks of showing up consistently for your business before you expect to see the results. Like absolutely that fucking also applies for anti-racism, right? And I think it's giving folks the permission. I think people will get frustrated when I say this, but they also sometimes walk away feeling a little bit of relief that like, oh, okay, I don't have to be, I don't have to fix everything in the moment. And I think it's a sim symptomatic, symptomatic of like racism and white supremacy as systems where it's like, you know, and capitalism too, right? Producing really quickly, like perfection, all these things where it takes away your ability to be human. And as humans, change takes time. Becoming anti-racist takes time. Um, and I think, you know, this is one of the things I've been frustrated by is like after the, and I've been talking about a lot and I'll continue talking about it, is like after the murder of George Floyd, every anti-racism educator's inbox was blown the fuck up, round the clock, <laughs> like, with people being like, right now, I need you to help me fix this right now, right now. And then six months later, their sense of urgency is gone. And so I think that, I mean, it's human nature, right? To want fast results. I want fast results. I want my looks to get jacked after a day of writing Peloton, whatever. Like I get it and I understand it, but anti-racism is a marathon, not a sprint. You will Just get Just like your business. It's the exactly. same thing. Just like she's yes. saying. Yes. hundred percent. hundred percent. 100% that like it is absolutely about that and the thing that matters the most I think folks get caught up sometimes with me on like and co corporations especially that I work with especially have a short attention span <laughs> because of the way that companies work but they you know wanting and expecting the fast results and wanting the the fix it strategy like and people want this in business too right tell me Ashley what I could do right now so I can leave my 
nine to five right fucking now. Right. Mm -hmm. And you're, you're going to be like, hold up. We need to talk about like so many things before we can talk about that before we can like fix your problem. And so I think that's just kind of something that I'm always encouraging folks. Like it's not one fixes strategy. No one's hiding a strategy from you. That's going to magically fix anti-racism. Just like no one's hiding a strategy from you. That's going to magically build your business. Right. The strategy literally is exclusively consistently showing up and inconsistently showing up as an anti-racist person. We can talk a little bit more about what that means. Like you will do the work, right? Like, and believing in if I consistently show up, I and consistently invest in the resources to educate myself and so on and so forth, that believing that it will happen and having some trust in yourself that like all you gotta do is show up consistently. Um, I think is a part, an important part of like the mindset shift that is great advice for both entrepreneurs and anti-racist people. There's so many similarities there. Yeah. It's so nice. It's so, and refreshing to hear the same thing with business. Like you say, show up consistently, be willing to make mistakes, be willing to learn and be willing to like get better. You don't have to be perfect to show up. You just have to start. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that I think you touched on. I'm so glad you said this, Katie, because this is like my second mindset thing that like super ties in with like both a mindset shift for business owners and entrepreneurs and anti-racist people is the whole thing around. And I talked about this so much. Perfection and being an expert. And this is something that like it's a huge imposter syndrome thing. And it's very gendered, especially as a woman, where we feel like society is constantly telling us that we don't know enough, aren't enough, so on and so forth. And we kind of, as women entrepreneurs, can internalize that shit. And I know that I have absolutely struggled with that. Like, do I not know X, Y, Z in order to build a business or do X, Y, Z? And like overcoming your imposter syndrome as an anti-racist person, just like overcoming it as a business owner, I think is super important because it gets in the way of like aligned, taking aligned action, right? So what I mean by that is like, someone will will like de- debrief the situation that happened um, and I'll say, okay, cool. You saw this thing, you saw this black woman constantly and get interrupted in a meeting. Just throwing out another example. Like, what did you do? How did you feel afterwards? Like, and if you did something, how did you feel afterwards? And if you didn't do something, why not? And it's always, the answer I almost always get is, I didn't say anything because I was afraid I was going to A, make it worse, or I didn't say anything because I felt like I didn't know what I was going to talk about, or I was afraid of fucking up, or I was, I felt like I wasn't the expert, so on and so forth. Um, And I think that that is the same thing that gets in the way of folks being able to scale is getting frozen in and the paralysis around, I am not an expert. I don't like the whole thing around like, I need to know more or do more or I need a magic strategy or magic thing in order or a PhD in critical race theory in order for me to just like show up as an anti-racist person. And a part, I think the third mindset thing, and I struggle with this really hard, Katie, to answer, <laughs> to get to your, to your point. This is the number one thing I struggle with as a, in like my life trying to work out or whether it's my business or being an anti-racist person, whatever, is the fear of failure is massive. For me, I'm like, and I've caught myself doing this when it comes to like running, for example, I enjoy it. Like I always feel better afterwards. It makes me feel super confident, good for my body, all those things. Like I actually really enjoy running. The reason why I haven't been running isn't because like I don't want to, but it's because, and this sounds fucking stupid and feel free to call me out on it. It sounds fucking ridiculous. But the reason why I haven't been running is because I'm telling myself this whole story about how I'm not going to have the perfect run and how I'm gonna be super out of shape. And I'm gonna, it's gonna be embarrassing. The people who were driving by are gonna be like, oh my God, blah, blah, blah. Like, I'm gonna feel terrible about myself because I, my speed isn't what it used to be and I can't run as long as I used to, blah, 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 blah. Literally because I'm not gonna have a perfect workout. And so I, well, so I don't think that's crazy at all. That. Yeah, <laughs> that's not crazy at all. I think we all relate to that. And it's like, and I can't tell you how much that slowed me down in every aspect of my life. Um, and once I started to be like, you know what? Fuck it. Honestly, fuck it. Fuck it. So what? And I think, ha- and for me having, I have a wellness coach and like, this is something that I really appreciate for her for is she asks me this question around like, okay, so what if you don't have a perfect run? 
let's talk about that instead of being like no you'll be fine you're you're gonna be great whatever and that's the thing that again i'll advocate for coaching is like your coach will say to you like we'll hold up that mirror and say okay fine you want to get down this rabbit hole so what if you don't have a perfect run and i say this for anti-racism or building your business and scaling is okay so what if you post a thing and no one comments on it or so what if you do a launch and then two weeks later you don't get enough signups you know you want 10 signups you get only three are those three not going to be excellent clients right and so and i think the reason why this has is so um important for anti-racism is like asking folks that when it comes to situations where they see something happen and they didn't interfere the whole bystander effect right i'm not gonna say anything because someone else will because i'm not the expert and so for as an anti-racist having your own moment of like you know what fuck it i don't need a phd I might fuck up. And if I do fuck up, I will deal with it then. And if someone else tells me, sit the fuck down, like it's not in your place to be talking right now, I'll deal with it then. You know, if I cause harm, I will continue to show up and I will like undo the harm that I caused, right? And if there's something I don't know, I will go learn it, right? And so I think giving yourself permission to stumble um, and get messy with it (laughs) is like, I think the most helpful I hope the most helpful advice that anyone can get or give and it's literally the advice that any personal trainer that I've had has given me any teacher any coach like any educator that I've ever had have said the same thing you know um, if you're waiting for perfection or if your feel of fa- fear of failure is preventing you from taking any kind of action then like let's reevaluate that you know um oh, I think one of the things I'm Mm -hmm. curious to hear your thoughts on this, Nima. I think sometimes when we're on our journeys um, with being anti-racist, it's such a um, like there is potential harm that's literally being caused. So if I fuck up, I'm terrified of harming another person. Whereas in my business, if I fuck up, it just affects me, really. You know what I mean? So I'm curious what your thoughts are on that. And like if you could share any insights, because you guys, to be fully transparent with you, that's how I came to know Nima. She called my ass out in a group where I said something that was harmful and I sat with it. I was embarrassed as fuck, but I didn't run away. And that's this whole point of like showing up consistently for the fucking work and allowing Nima to come in and be like, yo, you, I, you're that, no, that's not okay. And here's what we like, not educating me, but letting me sit with it and fucking figure it out. And now she's going to coach me on how to make sure that my shit doesn't cause harm. Right. So it's like showing up for that work. So can you share a little bit about that and like your thought process around like anti-racism being potentially harmful and that might be being one of the things that people don't want to step into and where there's some fear there. Absolutely. And I'm so glad that you mentioned it and hundred percent the reason why I fuck with you. (laughs) why We're going to be working together. You're going to be coaching me on how to, you know, build my business and leave my nine to five and be coaching you around anti-racism. It's like the most perfect ideal if I could dream up a situation about anti-racism and allyship, like this would be the situation. Someone getting feedback about their anti-racism and then like actually building an authentic relationship with a, a Black woman educator um, and building community with them that started with feedback as opposed to what 99% of the people would do and have done, which is run away. Yes. <laughs> probably block me, right? <laughs> <laughs> for you. It's because like continuing to show up. And I'm really glad that you mentioned the point around harm and this leads me, I think, to something that could actually also be very beneficial in when it comes to business um, is oftentimes when someone tells me, oh, like I fucked up when, when there was a situation that had a really negative impact on somebody. I think the thing that I ask first is like, what was your intention in doing the thing, right? Instead of like, talking about the behavior and changing the behavior and blah, 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 like getting in a rabbit hole about why the behavior is harmful and I find myself doing this a lot right explaining why the behavior is harmful and all of this stuff like first asking like why asking the why of like what was the person's intention behind saying it and I have this whole thing about the difference between intent and impact the reason why we're asking for the person's intent is not to excuse their behavior or excuse the impact but the purpose is I think when it comes to I'll use the example again of uh you know, if you're in a meeting and you're seeing black women constantly get interrupted, um, what do you do? In that moment, my advice for someone would be to whatever behavior you're going to take to first ask yourself, why, why? Like, why am I going to interrupt? Legitimately, 
Like, why am I going to say the thing? Is it for myself? Mm. Is it because it's something, my own mindset shit that I'm struggling with? Is it because I just want to be witnessed around it? Is it because I want to make sure people know that I'm an anti-racist person? Or is it because you want the, the person who's getting interrupted to feel seen, heard, and centered? And if that's the, the, your goal and that's your intentions, and what do you need to do to really do that? Um, and I think oftentimes when harmful things happen, unintentionally happen, is it's because someone's like, does an action and there isn't clarity around like where it's coming from. Um, and I think that is super important for an anti-racist person to always be operating. And this is really fucking hard. It's hard to do because we're humans and like we are all the center of our own universes, right? Like we are what we got, you know? Um, but the hardest thing for an anti-racist person to do is gonna be to like as much as possible, like decenter their own like feelings and really center and like their own feelings, how people perceive them, it, whether or not they're like their reputation, whatever it is, right? Our own ego and checking our ego at the door and being like, no, this is about actually like the situation or this is actually about the person of color or this is mm -hmm. actually about the person who it affects. Um, because I think you're absolutely right. It is so much easier in your business to be like, okay, whatever. Like I will take action and maybe I'll fuck up or whatever, you know? And if I do fuck up, I'll get messy with it. Um, I think, you know, in situations where I'll preface this with, in situations where there's going to be any kind of harm, especially if it's physical harm, like your instinct shouldn't be, I'm going to do whatever and then I'll just fix it <laughs> like later, right? Because that might actually ha cause harm to somebody. So in that situation, I think it's really important to ask yourself, like, what action am I going to take and why? And is this serving me and my, like my ego and my shit? Or is this legitimately going to center the person who's harmed? I love that. Question. So yeah, that's such a great like tip and something that we can use to really help us figure this whole process out. And it's, it's not an easy one, you guys, like you're going to be confronted so much. It's, it's just a very confronting process and that's okay. That means you're doing the work. So if you're uncomfortable, it's, that's a good thing. That's a very it, good thing. It is a good thing. And like, I think it's such a beautiful story how you guys came together and then like kudos to you, Ashley, like Nima said, for not running away and like sticking in and doing the work and like more good is going to come out of it. than like, don't be scared for that one little piece of harm or that one little mistake, because it's much better than not showing up at all is what I'm taking away from this mm -hmm. for sure. I love that. So, okay. So Nima, tell me if you could give advice to someone who's just starting their business and who has a desire to create and make sure that their business is diverse, equitable, and inclusive, like what would the thing that you would suggest would help them to kind of start in that direction and really get their foot off on the right foot or their business off on the right foot rather? This is a really great question. Um, I'm going to start broad and then feel free to like ask me questions to bring me back down. I'll try to bring myself back down. Um, but this is the same kind of strategy or the way that I would think about it if I was talking to a, you know, Fortune 500 company. Literally, it's the same thing. Um, or a new startup or a new nonprofit is the same thing I would tell some, an entrepreneur, which is this. In any, as a business leader, entrepreneur, business owner, if I ask someone, hey, how much revenue or profit do you want to make next year? they will probably be able to tell me, I wanna make this much money. I wanna have these services. I wanna scale. I want my website to look like this. Like people will be able to say, say just not beyond like, oh, I wanna have a great business and I wanna scale. They're gonna actually say most people who are invested in their business will be able to tell me like, these are the things I'm working on. These are my priorities and we'll have even an outline, some semblance of a plan, <laughs> right? Like I wanna run these programs. I wanna have these many people. I wanna make this much money. Like this is when I wanna run my programs, blah, 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 blah. But, and this is, I think, a really good question to ask, especially for someone who's starting their business new, because I think it's so much, just like boundaries, it's a lot easier. The more you can build it in at the beginning, I think the easier for everybody. Um, and so oftentimes, and I'll use an analogy because apparently I'm big on analogies. You know, after the murder of George Floyd and all these corporations blowing up all of our inboxes, right? What happened there was they all posted Black Lives Matter on their websites. They all had statements that were great. They all had dreams and visions and like made sure that everyone knew that their identity was anti-racist. 
But many of these companies I've like chatted with or I've worked with. And when I ask them, great, you say that you want to, um, uh, that you want to hire and retain black talent and women. That's great. That's an excellent goal. Tell me a little bit about like the work that you've done and tell me a little bit about the work that you plan on doing. And you know what their answer is? Radio silence. <laughs> I was gonna say, what work? That's probably the answer, yeah. <laughs> yeah, radio silence. Um, and so the reason why I bring this up is because, and why I'm like so fucking excited to work with you, Ashley, because I think you are a great example of like having your anti-racism be legitimately a core part of your business plan, right? And so just like, you know, as a business owner, entrepreneur, you're like, okay, yeah, I want to have these many clients and scale this way. I want to make this much money and run these programs. Blah, 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 blah. These are the coaches I'm going to invest in. This is what I'm going to do. This is what my website colors will look like. Do you know what your website colors are going to look like next year where you have no fucking plan around your anti-racism? We need to fucking talk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's probably so like, confronting for so line. many people. Yes. Like, and that is probably the most confronting thing that like... <laughs> Cause it's true as, as entrepreneurs, we do get so caught up in these stupid little things that don't fucking matter. And reality, mm-hmm. the big shit that we really need to be thinking about has like zero plan of action to actually implement. So fuck yes for saying that. Yeah, Nima, I think that's your new tagline. Like, yeah. If you have brand colors and you don't have an anti-racism strategy, let's talk. Yeah. Okay, we need to like put a pin <laughs> in that right there because that's probably going to be the like title of this episode. This yep. is going to be our nugget of wisdom. And I'll say this. I am like, I need to practice what I preach because I am the queen, the fucking busy work hoe. Like I <laughs> love busy work. And I think it comes from like working nine to fives and you all who work nine to fives know this shit where we're like, oh, we work from nine to five. And either it's not about what projects we have or our goal or whatever we're accomplishing. We just got to fill time. And so if that mm-hmm. means rearranging my website design a million times or if that means what giving getting into some youtube rabbit hole or whatever that i'm going to spend my time doing that instead of like things are actually going to build my business and i'm telling you this being vulnerable again i love that shit like i will spend it's so easy for me to get in the rabbit hole about some busy work shit that like yeah it might be important but isn't actually the thing that i'm a struggling with or b will actually build my business because if i focus on the things that will actually build my business like it's a scapegoat, right? Being like, okay, I'll just focus on these other things. And I tell this to companies all the time in discovery calls, like, look, when they get really caught up on like, on price. And I say, like, especially for massive corporations or whoever, regardless of how much or how little your budget is, like, if your snack budget is more, than, you have, they have a plan around the fucking snacks and their <laughs> in their company when everyone's working from home, but like they don't have a plan or funding or resources or time at all when it comes to their anti-racism. <laughs> like, and I'm yeah. hard ranting oh. right now, but- No, it's, it's good to hear, yeah. And if yeah. you, if people here are feeling like called out, which I'm sure many people are, and they're <laughs> like wanting to take action, can you tell us a little bit about the one-on-one coaching you offer, and then also the mastermind group. Cause I know if you guys are like me listening and you're like, okay, I need more Nima in my life all the time. How do we go about making that happen? For sure. Um, so I can uh, chat a little bit about my services, but I will say one last thing, um, in terms of like a, a plan for folks. And that's like, when you're sitting down 2021, whether it's with your business coach or your business partner, who, whoever, and you're talking about like all these things, right? The services you're going to run, your money that you're going to make, all these things, like have in your spreadsheet of things, have anti-racism be like a thing that you're going to measure your success on. So when you check back in at the end of 2021, that will be a core part of your goal as a business owner. And that can include things like, how am I gonna create safe spaces for any people of color or women who are gonna join my containers? How am I gonna have my discovery calls with them in a way that makes them feel seen and heard? How am I gonna have relationships that are authentic and create like transformative relationships and not transactional relationships? Like, you know, how am I gonna contribute to black led organizations? How am I gonna invest in resource? Like all these things, like just have 
write them down, have a little plan, schedule it, put it on your calendar, just like you schedule and put everything else on your calendar. Yeah. Right? Don't over fucking complicate it. <laughs> like she said, if exactly. you have a plan for the snacks, you know how to make the plan. Yeah. Do a plan. Yeah. 100%. <laughs> and if you're like, uh, bitch, I have no idea how to make a business plan that is anti-racist. That is where I would come in or any other black educator would come in. So first thing is if you are looking for someone who one-on-one can sit down with you and really get in the weeds on your business and look at it holistically with the goal of like, how can I scale my business and be successful as the fuck, make all the money and be who I want to be and build the kind of business I want. And also do it in a way that's truly anti-racist and inclusive and build like build my team. If you hire um, or employ people, build my team and make sure that I'm paying them well, especially paying folks of color well and women, like make sure that my services, the way I talk about them, the way that I like you know, whole discovery calls, the, the way my website's set up, the services I offer, even the ways that I like talk in my containers themselves are anti-racist and inclusive. Um, you should have a one-on-one business coach and a one-on-one business uh, relationship because that can really, I think a couple of things. One, it can, you'll have the time on your calendar regularly and that will be time that you know you will commit to anti-racism. And just like my, why I have a business, like a had a personal trainer I know that that time on my calendar like I gotta show up and I gotta commit to myself because I have that time scheduled on my calendar so that's number one thing like you will have invested the time you will have invested the money and resources and you'll also get the support the one-on-one support from someone who has been doing this work for a decade plus and as a black woman has like lived this shit um and it can also hold you in a way like hold the container in a way that you know where you can be human and fuck up and you know uh, be met where you're at and I'll also lovingly move you forward give you a love tap slap that ass lovingly <laughs> slap the ass exactly uh-huh <laughs> to move you forward along in your in your journey of anti-racism so that's the one-on-one coaching um component I have a few seats left it's a six-month container um and honestly like it's gonna be fun you just heard us talk for an hour you get to talk to me for an hour you get to hear me be ridiculous and you'll get the support to actually build your business and scale and be anti-racist and who wouldn't want to scale and be anti-racist at the same fucking time so hit me up the second thing um that you asked about was the anti-racist academy um that is starting january 18th that is a group program group mastermind um like we talked about it really like think about it in three months right if i want to be anti-racist in three months from now what do i need to be doing which is why the program is built to be 12 weeks is so you can actually have the time where you can see it's long enough to see the change and you'll be in community with other badass women entrepreneurs entrepreneurs who are anti-racist you'll get all the foundations trainings you'll get the consciousness raising the skill building to actually be able to do everything from you know uh have your services appeal to and hold and be safe for black women and women of color to interrupting your racist uncle at the dinner table and everything in between. <laughs> It'll be fucking great. 12-week program, group program, the Anti-Racist Academy, um, and all those things we could drop in the in the show notes. I'm signing up for the Anti-Racist Academy, Yay! guys. So like, I fully <laughs> like, I'm so excited to work with you, Nima. I mean, you're amazing. Thank and you. I'm super excited to work with you. I am so appreciative um, for you to come in and, you know, educate us on just these three simple strategies that we're all so used to using anyway. So it's nice to be able to draw the correlation and it doesn't have to be overcomplicated. You guys, like everyone take that away from this, like build the plan. And don't overcomplicate it. It can be super simple and get fucking support in this space. You don't have to be the the professional here. That's what you hire Nima for, right? <laughs> right. Um, okay, so <laughs> tell us where we can find you on the gram, where we can find you on Facebook. Obviously, we're gonna drop all of this stuff in the in the links in the show notes, and also where we can cash up and Venmo you for sharing us with all of this like amazing Yay. information. Like, tell us all those things. <laughs> Yes, absolutely. So the first thing is the Facebook group. Um, and we'll drop the link, uh, but it's called the Anti-Racist and Inclusive Entrepreneur. It's a new Facebook group but it has that I started using just like two weeks ago, but it already has 200 people. So join and let's grow that shit. Um, you'll get all the free tools and resources and tips. Every Friday, I post um, an opportunity for folks to do, I do on the spot coaching on Fridays. It's super fun. You should, um, 
joined the anti-racist um, and inclusive entrepreneur. The second thing is my website. So um, what you can do is go to the anti-racist academy. Um, and if you go to the website, the first thing that you'll see is a big button to book a free coaching session with me. It's an hour. Um, and that will be a great fucking time for us to talk about your 2021 plan. And then at the end of the call, we'll talk about like, let's work together in 2021 and let's figure out a way to, whether it's the mastermind or the one-on-one -on -one coaching program, um, either way, whether or not you sign up, you'll get amazing value for an hour. So do it. Why not? Um, so the academy.com book a free session. You'll also find information about the one-on-one -on -one coaching program, as well as the um, mastermind that starts January 18th. You'll be in great company. Obviously you just heard Ashley said she's going to join. Um, <laughs> and what was the other thing you asked for? Was it my PayPal? The gram and the PayPal and then wherever we can send you money basically. Yeah, and Patreon, like Instagram. Whatever you have set up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I'm pulling it up, but I believe it's my email address and we'll put it in the show notes as well, which is N I M A my first name at Nima consulting.org. Um, Perfect. so you can find me, uh, there. On Are you PayPal. at, um, is it Venmo or PayPal or both? It's PayPal. So okay. paypal.me slash Nima consulting. And we'll, again, we'll drop it in the, cool. in the show notes. Um, and then I predominantly use Facebook, but I love connecting with people. It's Nima versus self. If you all want to find me on just my, uh, personal Instagram. And that is where you'll see me just post ridiculous shit. <laughs> she so was not prepared what to you're saying. <laughs> huh? She was like not prepared to jump on to Instagram like, oh fuck, like but we only post on Instagram. So that's oh, why okay. we're asking cuz we're going to so we're going to link you in yeah. like all of our content. So okay. I am so grateful for you Nima. Thank Yay. you so much for sharing all of your wisdom and you knowledge me. with us. You guys go sign up for her programs. Go work with her one-to-one. -one. Like seriously, you will not regret it. And this is something that you should be thinking about. If you haven't already, this is a major, major need and something that every single entrepreneur needs to be thinking about. So build a plan around it. Let us know if you guys have questions. Um, we'll be in our DMs, of course. If you want more resources, we'll share all the information you found today in the show notes. And we're so grateful for you. So um, thank you so much for listening. Thank, thank you so you. much for sticking with us through this a lot longer podcast, but I'm glad that it was this longer pod. We usually stick to like 30 minutes, but this was oh, like shit. so good. No, <laughs> I, I, yeah, I, I think talk. we could go on for two more I, yeah, hours. Yeah, I was like, can we have like, like a two hour yeah. podcast? Right. Yeah. Like, yeah, so good. Hell but. yeah. And y'all can't see me because it's a podcast, but I'm smiling and laughing because I love being community with you guys. So if you're hearing this, know that I am smiling and send you, you lots of love thank you ashley thank you katie for having me um and everyone listening and for showing up uh, and spending an hour listening talking about anti-racism lots of love <laughs> we love you all right guys that'll wrap it up for the episode today um we'll link everything and we'll talk to you guys in the next episode bye bye everybody Thank you so much for listening. We hope you are taking away some incredible ideas for your own business. If you liked today's episode, feel free to binge the rest of our shows and leave us an honest review. We are always open to hearing your feedback, especially if you have requests for future episodes. Each month, we'll take a look at our reviews and randomly select one winner for a free digital marketing audit or coaching session of your choice. Don't forget to hit subscribe and we'll talk to you in the next episode.